good time to show the love of Christ. And uh, so we are gearing up yet once again this year for us to celebrate the uh, supernatural birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, as my lovely wife has already exemplified today in a wonderful fashion that if we invite people, they will come. One word between a growing church and a dying church is invite. People that aren't excited about the church, they aren't excited about God, the church is dying. When people are inviting people to the house of the Lord, the church is growing. People's lives are being changed. And so uh, we have uh, prepared this opportunity for you to come and uh, invite people to the house of God on purpose. We've given you a reason. Some people need a reason to come. We've created a reason for them to be here over the next three weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me. This, uh, these packets we've given you uh, several times before. There's five of them in here. If you don't have five people that aren't saved, you need to get a life. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, you need to reach out beyond your four walls and because people are going to hell today. For the 24 period rolls around the clock, millions of people will go into eternity lost and undone without God. And that million people doesn't mean anything unless it's your son or your daughter. It doesn't mean anything if it's not your spouse. But when it comes home, the reality is that all of us must be ready to live for God, but also to die for him. Amen. And so let me encourage you today to press in and invite somebody to the house of God over these next few weeks. And uh, let's believe God for their lives to be changed for real. Amen. Praise God. Today I want to uh, talk to you about the gift of giving. Next week we'll begin our series on the perfect gift. And uh, we'll be talking about that for the next three weeks. Driven ministry will be... uh, performing uh, arts again next week and then we'll have our children Uh, the following week we'll have our choir I'm excited about that our event choir I hear that it's bigger than ever and more exciting than ever and so I'm looking forward to that I believe we have over 20 25 people in that so that's going to be awesome and uh so yeah and uh so we're going to be having a great time but most of all we're going to celebrate the goodness of god and whenever you celebrate him he'll show up amen praise god Uh, but today i just want to we find ourselves between these two uh, holidays thanksgiving and christmas Uh, We have finished this holiday that has been set aside to help us remember how blessed we are. And uh, it really doesn't matter where you are in life. From time to time, you can look at yourself and think that it's um, horrible where you're presently at. But you need to remember it's not always been that way. Neither will it always be that way. And also need to look beyond yourself and see others that are in greater need, dealing with situations that um, you would never want to be a part of. Amen. And so we need to celebrate what God has done for us. 
Christmas is just 24 days away from today. There'll be many gifts exchanged. But today I want to talk about the gift of giving. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Paul is telling the church here. He said, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Father, I pray for the next few moments today that you will help us to be able to articulate this truth that it really is more blessed to be able to give than it is to receive. Let us reflect upon your eternal word today that becomes a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let us leave here today challenged by your eternal word. We give you praise and thanks for it in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor there on both sides and tell them it really is better to give than it is to receive. That scripture really doesn't make any sense unless you've been in the position where that uh, you don't have anything to give and that you are needing someone else to help you in times of distress and difficulty. And whenever, if you've ever found yourself there where that you do not have the ability to give but needing to receive, it puts you in a position and a place that for most people makes you really uncomfortable. It really is, it's a blessing when you find yourself there that God, when he gets ready to bless you, he'll use people. And uh, it's a blessing whenever you are in need and in a situation and God will provide that situation through another person Uh, It is a blessing to you. But the real joy is being able to have more than enough to give. To give to a need, to give to a situation where that you are not the recipient of it, but you are the one who is initiating the giving. And it is a joy, it, it is an honor to be able to do that. I've been on both sides of the street, and I can say today that it really is more blessed to give than it is to receive. If you uh, are going to walk this life with the Lord, you can't separate yourself from the belief factor. You have to have believed in him, and you have to believe that he is the way. Because faith really is the hallway into everything that you need in your life, whether it be healing, whether it be anointing, if it is prosperity, if it's salvation, you have to believe to receive it. Amen. In this world, seeing is believing. The world says, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. But in the kingdom of God, believing is seeing. Because you speak those things that are not as though they were. 
That means that you believe your children are going to be saved until they are saved. You believe that your body is healed until your body is walking in divine health and victory. Key is the belief uh, is believing everything that you need is able to come from God. And so first thing that we must do is we must if we you must believe that victory comes in giving and not getting. Victory comes in your giving and not your getting. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, good measure and running over, he will put in your bosom for with the same measure in which you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen. Who needs that kind of blessing today? God can cause people that don't even like you to bless you. Amen. According to the scripture, God equips men to bless you. And so you can't work hard enough to get everything that you need from, for life. So what you're going to have to find is favor with someone. Someone to bless you. Someone that God uses to meet those needs. And you see some of the hardest working people on the earth don't have what they need. But you see, the fact of it is, is when we find favor, favor is not fair. And so we get that favor from God. If God is going to bless someone to be able to be a a giver, then I want to be that person. If God is going to bless someone to be able to pay another person's house note during a difficult time of their life, I want to be that person. If God is going to be able to be able to bless the church and the kingdom of God, to be able to build buildings and, and do resources and speak to the nations of the earth, then I want to be able to be that person that God can entrust to give me the resources that I will give into the kingdom of God and see the work of God go forth. Amen. The revelation that we must see is that victory comes in giving and not in giving. So many think that victory came when you got the raise, when you got the job, when you got the house, when you got the bling bling, all of those things. But that's not when victory came. It's not true. Your victory came when you overcame the desire of the flesh and told God, I'm going to be faithful in giving to you. Amen. And that is when you sealed your blessing. The moment that you were faithful in your giving to God, then you put God into a position and where that he is required to meet your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so it wasn't in your getting, but it was in your giving that you receive what you needed. And when you said, God, I'm going to obey your word. God is not trying to teach you how to receive. He is teaching you how to give. Amen. When you get, when you get your giving right with God, he said, I will pour out blessings that you don't have room enough to receive it. Giving is a a sure sign of transformation. Because when you give, you're giving yourself. So the victory is in my giving. 
Because if I am not willing to give myself, then it means that I have not yet been transformed. Amen. And so the, the, whenever we are willing to give to the kingdom of God, it is a sure sign that our heart has been transformed to the place that we are saying we're all in. Amen. The Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. Give means to grant, means to bestow, to furnish, to supply, to release what is due. And God expects us to give our tithe. He expects to us to release what, what is justly his. That is what do his name. But it is there, is there anyone here today that can really say that my tithe does not even reflect how good God has been to me? He, 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 everything that I give, my 10%, my offerings, doesn't reflect how God has blessed me, how he has blessed my family, but he has supplied needs that money cannot buy. Amen. Is there anyone here today that says that God has been better to me than all of the trouble that I've been through? And so because of that, I am going to believe God that I am going to give in such a fashion that when I need healing, I know he will give me healing. Amen. I'm going to give so that God will know that I'm all in on this thing and I'm going to bless him. Amen. And so it isn't something for me. You don't have to talk me into giving. You don't have to put requirements on me to give. It's a desire to release the blessing of God upon my life and upon my family. And so I don't come to church and have to have somebody talk me into it. I am here and I'm going to give not only of my time, but my talents and my treasures because I know that there is a release when I give. When you give... You are giving God what he requires and desires, but the blessing is not in release until you give. Your blessing is on hold until you give. You've got to release to increase. You've got to release before you will acknowledge increase. And when you give, God is the God of his word. But we have never experienced increase because we don't know the reality of the release. And there is so much that is unreleased in our life. There are blessings that are unreleased in our life. There's anointing that's unreleased. And there, the order for us to receive what God has for us, we must be people that give to him. Amen. Ask yourself the question, what is it? Is there anything in my life that God would desire to give to me, but has not been released because I have not given to him as he has required? The truth of the matter is that giving pulls the trigger. The truth is that giving is your way into your blessing. Amen. Now, I'm not trying to trick you and I'm not trying to talk you out of your money. If you give or not, doesn't, it's not going to stop. God will take care of this house. Amen. I'm not a gimmick. I'm not a jokester or a trickster. I'm not a manipulator. I'm a pastor. Amen. 
And I tell you today, if you give or don't give, that's up between you and God. But the reality is that God will take care of his house, but it's you that's going to mess up. You're the one that's not going to receive what God has for you. But when you give, you pull the trigger. What is released in your life because of what the spirit of, uh, that God is intended for you. Those things that are unreleased in your life because you've been a stingy person. Your victory is not when you receive, but it is when you give. And the devil knows that when you write that check, he is already rebuked. The devil knows that whenever you are faithful and committed to giving, it destroys the yoke and removes the burden. And the enemy has to back off. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For we who come, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it is your uh, faith has got to be your belief system. Amen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible means unable to be done. Jesus doesn't mess with people who don't believe. Your money doesn't please God. Your talent doesn't please God. Your connections with people does not please God. The degrees that you've got hanging on your wall does not please God. The thing that pleases God is when you believe. And when you take him at his word. When he says, I will heal you. Do you believe? When you say my blood, my, my blood can be wash away all of your sins. Do you believe him? Amen. When he says, I am your provider, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Do you believe him? When he says that and we say, yes, I believe he is pleased with your faith. Matthew 13 and 54, he began teaching the people in their synagogues and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary, the mother's, isn't his mother's name Mary? They were saying, we know him and he's not all of that. He's a carpenter's son. He, he is, we're, we're familiar with him. He's just Jesus of Nazareth. He's Mary's little boy. And they became familiar with the unfamiliar. They became caused the supernatural to become natural. And so they were not able. The Bible said he went and did not many miracles there because of their unbelief. Consistent givers are people that believe. Consistent givers are people of faith. People that believe that I don't have to be talked into giving. That I give because I believe. I don't have to wait until all the bills are paid. I don't have to have extra to give to God. But my first is going to be that that belongs to God. You see, if you only give what God, what is left over, then that takes no faith at all. And it's unpleasing to him. Hebrews said, we must believe. 
Believe means to be persuaded, to have confidence. Do I have any people here today that are persuaded? That you believe, amen, you're not going to backslide because there's nothing to back go back to. Amen. There's, there is anyone here today that everything that you've got, you realize that God gave it to you. Amen. You're persuaded that you didn't get that job on your own. You're persuaded that you didn't get that house by yourself. You're persuaded that you didn't get where you are because you were so smart, but you got where you are. You have everything that you have because God has been good to you. Amen. You're persuaded that if you, he brought you this far, he's going to finish the work that he began in your life. And so I'm going to just try. Trust him with my life and everything that I have. I realize that I am an owner of nothing and a steward of everything. And so when he requires what he requires of me is not my own. It is merely me returning back to him a portion of what he has given to me. I'm persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels or principalities or things present or things to come are able to separate me from the love of my God. If we're going to be givers like Jesus, we must deal with four areas of our life. Deuteronomy 15 and verse 7, if there is, is among you a poor man or of your brethren within any of the, the gates in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from the poor, brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. I must deal, number one, if I'm going to be a giver like Jesus, I must deal with the selfish heart. This Deuteronomy chapter 15 is talking about the seventh year of Jubilee. It's talking about every seven years that there would come a time when all the debts were canceled. And he's talking here and saying, if you see a poor brother in need in the seventh year and you remember that this is the seventh year coming up and you shut up your heart and do not lend to him in a time of need because it is the seventh year, God said, you're selfish. Selfishness produces sin in our life. You see, why did God invent giving in the first place? Satan came up with stealing and taking, but God came up with giving. God didn't invent giving for his sake. God invented giving for our sake. Because giving deals with selfishness. It deals with greed in our lives. And the most joyful, happy people on the earth are people who constantly or consistently give. Much of the preaching on giving doesn't help us to deal with the selfishness and the greed and the causes us to be more selfish and become more greedy. It isn't about the getting. That's just a, a consequence of our giving is receiving. 
because the scripture is clear that there is seed time and there is harvest, right? But it isn't about us getting, it's about us giving that determines what we will receive. For the Bible says, with the same measure you give out to that same measure, he's going to put it back into your life. And so in other words, the way that you give is the way it's going to come back to you. And so if all you want is a thimble full of blessing, then give it that way. But if you want the blessing to be showered down, then be be, uh, extravagant with your praise. Be extravagant with your giving. Amen. Release it liberally and freely and God will bless you in return in the same measure. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, it said, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give to your bosom. Amen. It will be measured back to you in the same measure in which you give. We were born getters. But we were born again givers. I said we were born getters but we're born again givers. We must renew our mind. Amen. You don't have to teach a kid how to take. Amen. All you got to do is put them in a room with some other little kids and there can be 16 balls in that room. But that little kid doesn't want the other 15 balls, he wants the one the other kids got. Am I true? You don't have to teach them how to take. You've got to teach them how to share. We are born with a nature of taking. And we must renew our minds. How do we renew our minds? Through the word of God. We receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save or transform our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, how we think about things. We don't look at them through the glasses of Adam any longer, but we look through them through the lenses of Christ. And it is through that that we are able to not look at what can I get from this situation, but how can I be a blessing in this situation? Amen. The second thing that we have to deal with is a grieving heart. Can, I can understand the grieving of a loss of a person, but how many know folks grieve over money? Deuteronomy 15 and 10 said, you shall surely give him to him and your heart should not be grieved. What? When you give to him, because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your ways and in all to which you put your hands to. God is saying that if I can get your heart changed, I can bless everything that you're doing. Everything that you put your hands to. If I can just get your mind turned from taking to giving, then I can bless your hands on the job. I can bless everything that you touch and cause it to prosper and be blessed. I can bless your finances. I can bless your kids. I can bless your marriage. 
I can bless your health if I can just get you to have the right heart. Selfishness attacks us before we give. Oh, I don't want to give that. I may need that. But grief attacks us after we give. Selfishness says you need to put that $5 bill back and get that 50 cent out. Now, you've heard me say this before, but it's interesting how big that a $20 bill looks in the church and how small it looks at the mall. We think we don't think two minutes about going and spending $50 on a meal for our family and can't get a $50 bill out of our wallet at church. Amen. But how is it that we become so selfish with the things of God, but yet we want everything he has from us. We want him to bless us, but we don't want to be generous. We've got to learn how to turn our hearts so that God can bless us. Because you see, selfishness will hold us back from ever giving, but grieving will say that, that you don't need, you shouldn't have give that. That's too much. You should now, you know, because whenever you give, that's when everything breaks down at your house. Come on, can we be real? The washer goes out, and you don't have to go looking for a voice. It'll show up. So have you had that hundred dollars now? Huh? Wash the you know, the dryer goes out car breaks down and that grief comes and says if you'd have had that money you could fix that car you shouldn't have gave it Sunday and our hearts grieve but you see chances are that hundred dollars ain't gonna fix your car anyhow have you bought a washing machine lately baby I mean you can't even get a blue light special for a hundred dollars come on And so my concept is this, if what I have doesn't meet the need, then it must be my seed. And whenever I sow into the kingdom of God with a cheerful heart and don't give grudgingly or sparingly, but I give with a cheerful heart because the kingdom will be advanced. Somehow God is able to supply the needs that I will have. Amen. You see, we have to also develop a generous heart. Deuteronomy says, you shall, you shall supply him liberally from the flock, from your threshing floor, and from the wine press. From that the Lord has blessed you with, you shall give to him. It all comes back from God. Luke 6 and 32 said, give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. God is kind to the unthankful. He's also kind to the evil. And he is talking about you and he's talking about me. You might say, I'm not unthankful, I'm not evil. But... The scripture says, while we were yet sinners, 
Christ died for us. Unthankful humanity, but Christ died for us. Not knowing, I've heard preachers preach and say, if, there would have, if he would have known that only one person would have got saved, he would have still gone to the cross. And that sounds good. But I submit to you, if he, he never knew one would come, but he yet went. And he did not even know if one single person would believe upon him and their life be changed because we were so unthankful and ungrateful. But yet he went and he gave the ultimate sacrifice of his life so that we would have an opportunity to be a recipient of that. Amen. You see, God gave because he is a generous giver. I have uh, heard it say in all my life, you can't outgive God. And we think that that means that if we give, that God will up the ante. That if I give a hundred dollars, that God will give me two hundred dollars. But I submit to you that He don't have to give you and I another thing. And you still won't ever outgive him. Why? Because he gave so generously. He gave his son, his only begotten son, to die upon a cruel, rugged cross and carry the humility, the sickness, infirmity, and disease, and sin of all of mankind, and hang upon that cross that day. And he gave the ultimate sacrifice that brought the likes of you and I a hope in this present world. Amen. And it doesn't matter how much we do, how much we give, we will never be able to match that. Amen. We've got to develop a grateful heart. Deuteronomy 15 and 15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and your Lord God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this, uh, this saying today. Amen. He gave us a heart that is grateful. He gave us something that we've got to give back to him with gratitude and gratefulness. Amen. This Thanksgiving season is more about more than about, you know, eating a lot of turkey and and buying gifts. It's about understanding that God has been good to us and we return that grateful heart to him. Amen. You see, God demands that to be generous on the basis that we remember you didn't own anything. But I brought you out of slavery anyhow. You didn't have a thing to give to me. I wasn't looking for your pocketbook. I wasn't looking for you to give back because you didn't have nothing. You know, some people every once in a while, they have a pity party for themselves and they say, oh, I didn't have any of these problems before I started church and started serving the Lord. Well, just get your stuff up and go on back out there in the hell then. Amen. You remember when where you were when God found you, right? 
You remember you were a mess and you didn't have a nickel to your name and your life was in chaos and trouble. And somehow we get up in the church for a little while and we forget that we were in a horrible pit. And God came and found us where we were and brought us out of all of that mess and set our feet upon a solid and a firm foundation. Blessed our coming in and our going out. I tell you that your worst day as a child of God is better than your best day in hell and so we have to be grateful and remember where we came from amen you were nothing going nowhere when he found you you were a slave in sin and bound in iniquity amen but he found you and paid the ransom that you didn't have the ability to pay glory to god Amen. And if, if it does nothing else for us, we have that hope. Amen. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord because of what he has done for us. Isn't that enough to thank him the rest of our life for? Amen. Are you still thankful? Are you still thankful for what he has done? One of the reasons that I give is because someone gave so I could hear the gospel. Amen. One of the reasons that I give my time, my talents and treasures is because I believe that this gospel is true. It's not a sacrifice that I'm afraid of going to hell if I don't give. It's a joy to give because I know he is already given. And I really can't outgive him. Amen. I don't give to get. I understand the law of sowing and reaping. No, no, no farmer would go out and sow thousands of dollars of seed into the ground and say, I'm not expecting nothing. Huh? You wouldn't even plant a garden and pay the price it takes for plants and plowing the garden and going through all of the labor. And then and so for you to suggest that you're not looking for a return uh, submits that you're crazy. Amen. Because we sow believing that there will be a reaping. Amen. And so I want today to us to just remember that it is the gift of giving that sets our hearts toward Christ and sets our lives in a position that we can be a blessing to others. And what we give out, God said, you'll never miss it because I'll put it back in your life just like you took it out. Amen. And so what we give, it's more than just money, but it's our time. It's our talent. Sometimes all you need to give is a smile. Sometimes it's just reaching out to someone in love because you don't know what's behind that smile. You don't know the pain that people are walking through. You don't know the darkness that their hearts are dealing with. Amen. And and just to show the love of Christ, we talked about this the other night in Wednesday night service, that that's part of the fruits of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is to create an atmosphere. Love, joy, and peace creates an atmosphere where that God can reveal his love in the hearts of mankind. And so he wants us today to be that. He wants us to be spreaders of his love. He wants us to give in the same way that we have been uh, received. 
Amen. And so what I want to challenge you today is to pray about your giving. In this next month, next 24 days, what are you giving? Are you giving cheerfully? Are you giving compulsively? You know what that is, right? Somebody talks you into it. Somebody makes you feel guilty. Somebody condemns you. Well, I got to give. Are you giving joyfully? Are you giving because you love God? Not only, and I know I've said this over and over, but I want you to hear me. It's not only about your money because there are some folks on the bottom that don't have money, but they've got some time. They've got talents. And of course, God has blessed most of us with some treasure that we can give. But God is not looking for just your money. He's looking for you. He's looking for your heart to be a heart of a giver that says it is a joy to be able to give to the kingdom of God. So I want you in your time of devotion over this next month, ask yourself the question, what gift am I giving to the king? Whenever you run into the stores and even buying stuff, and I know just meddling a little bit, but buying stuff you can't even afford. Putting it on your next year's salary. Buying it on credit. Amen. What kind of sacrifice have you done for the king? What kind of gift have you given to him? And again, it's not about all about money, but that's what we love. That's become the God of our nation is money. It isn't worth anything, but people will die for it. Amen. You don't believe it. It's one of the greatest tragedies whenever family members suffer loss in their family, you know, of, of parents and you see good kids start fighting over a few thousand dollars. It'll divide families. It severs relationships. Why? Because it's our God. It's what we've got our trust in. You know, and I'm not condemning today, but I want to show you reality. You know, sometimes we'll stay home if we wake up and got a sniffle from church. But we'll go to church. We'll go to Work, bless God, half dead. We'll crawl out of that bed, puke a little bit, brush our teeth, go on to work. Because we got to get us some money today. Amen. I'm not asking you to come to church sick. I don't want what you got. I'll pray for you as you go. Amen. But what I'm saying is, have we made a commitment to him? 
with the time, with the treasures, with our gifts that he has given us, have we given back to him? Forget about extravagant gifts. Ask yourself, am I giving him 10%? Am I giving him 10% of my time, my talents, and my treasures? You know, if everyone would do that, there would be more than enough to meet every situation, meet every need. (laughs) I know it seems like I get on it every day, but I am really done. But the government has proven they can't take care of hurting people. I'm telling you, it's going to return back to the house of God. and We're going to see this mess is going to be thrown back on the church. At one time, we were the ones that took care of the orphans and the widows and the, amen. And we're going to see it turn back around because we, all, they, even the government knows that the church is only ones that have proven that they are able to meet the needs of hurting humanity. And I'm telling you today that we've got to be givers so that we can reciprocate the love that Christ has given to us. I want to love like Christ. I want to give like Christ. And I want him to deal with the selfishness. I want him to deal with the things that are in my heart sometimes that I don't even recognize. So that I can be more than just someone on Sunday, but every day of my life can be an example to those around about me. Showing his love and giving his mercy. Amen. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for giving. God, you have already given. We really can't outgive you. We can't outgive a sacrifice because there isn't a one of us today that could step up and say, I'll give my son, I'll give my daughter. Knowing, God, that that wouldn't, matter anyways because Jesus was the only pure lamb but God we can't we can't out give that today so we stand here today and we we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your grace and as we reflect in this thanksgiving season and going into the time of remembering the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I pray God we know that it all starts in your house And so I pray in your house today that we will check our hearts. God, that we will show your love and your kindness. That we will examine ourselves and say, are we giving for the right purposes and right reasons? Understanding that even if we give, but don't give with the right heart, it will not come back into our lives. So I pray today, God, that you will check our hearts. Holy Spirit, you will help us to be givers givers of the gospel givers of the kingdom that lives really can be changed for your glory and your honor in Jesus name amen amen if you're here today and pastor Jamie plays if you're here today and you have not received Christ as your personal savior if you haven't receive this gift of salvation in your life know today that sharing the gospel 
in a broader perspective, but the most valuable thing that you can ever have, we're going to talk about the perfect gift, but the greatest gift that God ever gave the world was salvation. He came and he paid the price so that we could live. So I want to ask you today, this time as we as the church reflect over our lives in the next few days, I want to ask you if there's anyone here this morning that hasn't made that personal commitment, haven't accepted Christ as your personal Savior, and you say, Pastor Brian, today I want my life to change. Today I want to give because he gave. Today I want to serve him with all of my heart and all of my life. Is there anyone here this morning? Say yes. Just raise your hand wherever you may be. We want to pray with you today. Is there anyone? Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your gifts today. Thank you for eternal life. I pray, God, that over these next few weeks, as the hustle and bustle is setting in all around us, we will not allow it to hinder us reflecting you in our lives. Let us remember the price that was paid so that we would have the privilege of leading others to you. And I pray this year, God, that many, many people will find that perfect gift. Their lives will be transformed and changed for your glory and your honor. I pray that for our outreach endeavors, we've God been reaching out to the nations through Africa and Honduras and other places in the world. We're sending God the, the toys to the children and the nations. But God, these next few weeks, we're focusing on this region that you have given to us. We're focusing on our friends and our family. We're focusing on our Jerusalem. I pray, Father, that our outreaches will be effective. I pray, God, that as we reach out to our community, that your love will be shown, that they will feel your love, that they will experience, God, the gift that you have given. And help us all to be carriers of your love and carriers of, of that that you have done for us so that we can make an impact upon others. We give you praise and thanks for this today. In the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Can we give the Lord praise this morning?